Hello, Feisties. I'm Sarah Gross, CEO and founder of Feisty Media. And I'm here to tell you that our foundational strength training course, Strong, is on sale now through April 10th. If you're like me, you probably get a lot of crap in your Instagram or Facebook feed telling you how you should look or how you will feel if you look a certain way. As summer approaches, this only gets worse. We are told we should have a quote unquote summer body as if our bodies somehow morph into something completely different just because the weather changes. And frankly, over here at Feisty Media, we are totally sick of it. Because at Feisty, our vision is to build an empowering culture for active women. We want to shift our attention away from what our bodies look like and focus instead on what our bodies can do. Especially during the summer months, when having the physical strength to do the activities we love is so important. The Strong Course is designed to take any woman, regardless of your starting point, through everything you need to know to level up your strength training journey. It includes a 16-week program to help you progress from wherever you are to lifting heavy or heavy-ish with dumbbells or a barbell. It also includes modules on the physiology of strength training for women, nutrition, how we keep ourselves injury-free, and more. I want every woman to be able to do the things that bring her joy and be strong enough to do them for life. Enrollment in this course is now open and you can sign up and learn more at womensperformance.com forward slash strong or check the show notes of this episode for the link. And for those of you who are among the 800 women who have already taken the strong course with one of our previous cohorts, congratulations on taking the plunge. And to the rest of you, see you in the course in April. Make this summer your strongest and best ever head over to womensperformance.com forward slash strong today. You are listening to If We Were Writing, a feisty triathlon-ish podcast. I'm Kelly O'Mara, and together with Sarah True, we head up a weekly group ride where we dish on all triathlon news and everything else-ish we want to talk about. We're joined regularly by Khadija Diggs and Jocelyn Wong-Neal, and Laura Sidal does her Sid Talk segment updating you on everything you need to know from the weekend. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If We Were Writing is a production of Live Feisty Media. Join us on our group ride. Yeah. All right, we have a different group ride this week. Jocelyn is out, and we have Kristen Jenny joining us. Everybody welcome. Hi. Kristen, so, okay, here's my question for you. I know you're like a trap. I mean, you're in Boulder. You have to be a triathlete. It's like the law. Um, but what else are you doing? Oh, no, I made fun of Boulder. That's terrible. We're going to I got to go now, Kelly. Sorry, I got to go <laughs> cry about it. I'm going to make what? a passive aggressive Instagram post for all my Boulder yeah. followers. <laughs> what, uh, what stuff are you doing this year, though? Tell us. Yeah, so on the triathlon front, um, I'm going to be kicking things off at Oceanside, which I always forget how much it hurts. Like every year, I'm like, yeah, it'll be so great to like kick off the season. And then I run up that like first little hill in Oceanside. And I'm like, why am I doing this This is so miserable? Like, I don't think people realize Oceanside is like, kind of brutal in its own way. Um, Then I'll be at uh, St. George, Lake Placid. So Kelly and I can Uh, we're all doing Placid. Oh my god, yes! (laughs) Oh my god, that so this will be my, that was my first ever Ironman almost 10 years ago. So um, it'll be super fun to go back. I don't know if they're going to continue it after this year. Like, I feel like all the rumors are, oh, is that a rumor? we love, we love, spe- we love wild speculation here. Does anyone else want to start yeah. rumors right now? <laughs> yeah, that's, we should go with that rumor, I think. <laughs> well, I, I did hear that a couple of years ago. Uh, okay. So this might just be one of those like rumors that keeps on recirculating. Okay. where like every year people are like Lake Placid this is the last year <laughs> I just thought that it was like they had that town board be- board meeting in like 2021 where like half the town unsurprisingly hates Iron Man and I thought that they hadn't renewed past 24 but I, I don't know I you know I handed over my thousands of dollars and I'll be there um this summer and then um and then I qualified for Nice um at the end of this uh, 2023. So I'll be in Nice and then Cozumel and wow, like, grab all of them. We're all like, yeah. we're all, our, our little ride here, we're all like talking ourselves into doing our one iron. Like, we're all like, yeah, we can do it together. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, 
whatever motivates you. Um, before I get any further, yep. this is the number one question we have. Yeah. Are you pro or anti croissant? Because mm. you're going to Nice. Right. And Kelly has feelings. <laughs> okay, so I'm pro like a really buttery croissant. Anti like dry, chalky chocolate croissant. Interesting. Is that I fair? would say I'm not anti croissant. I feel like we have to like stop the croissant hating rumors. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm trusting Sarah on this one. Shit, you know. I just think they're overrated, just like France. That's my opinion Ooh, for the record. Shots fired. Wow. Right. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Kelly. You're going to alienate your France base here. Oh, I don't think I have a French base. I think we all know that. I'm not a fan of France either. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. To our like two French listeners, I love you. So, you know... <laughs> You can you can bring all the croissants to me in this. There you go. Good. My Good. thirteen year old son. I asked him how he's doing in French, and he says "merci," blah blah. <laughs> like, blah blah. What? <laughs> I actually yeah. so I took French forever, and now I like really regret not taking Spanish. Like I, like Spanish comes up in my life every day. French never comes up in my life. I'll like, help ever. you. Okay. We'll, we'll, I'll help you in in uh, Lake Placid. I mean, okay. I'll one up you. I grew up speaking German, which is like 0% helpful at all in any way. Um, and then and then I took Spanish all throughout high school and college. So like, helpful, but people are like, that's so cool. Like you grew, grew up speaking German. And I was like, like was yeah. one of the most unhelpful things I've ever learned in my life. So <laughs> my ex husband is from the Gambia. So uh, my kids oh, wow. speak Manding. There's wow. nobody in Atlanta. <laughs> well, that's not true. There's a huge Gambian community in Atlanta, but it's not like they the kids sure. run around speaking. Not in Decatur. Yeah, no. <laughs> not in Decatur. Decatur. Not in, in Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta. Is that how you guys are pronouncing it now? Yes. Well, so I thought for a really long time, because I've never heard anyone say Decatur out loud, that it was like, some French influence yeah, yeah, part yeah, of Georgia yeah. and that it was Decatur. Um, and so that's how I personally refer to it. But I have been reminded many times that it is not pronounced we that have, way. Okay. In California, we have all kinds of names that are a mix of like Spanish and French or they're like Spanish and French and then like some Native American. But then you say them with like a California accent. So there's all these things that like make no sense. <laughs> and I, there's so many things where I thought somebody was saying like a very Indian, like San Luis Taylor. And I thought it was like San Luis and his name was Samuel P. Taylor. And that's what everyone was. And I just thought they were like saying it all because everyone says it all in one word. Oh my God. There's all kinds of these where you're like, I didn't know. And there's this girl, like, there's this town I live in called San Anselmo. And the girl who used to work with me would pronounce it San Anselmo. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> so everyone, it's like, it's crazy out here. You just make up how you say things. <laughs> so. and, and then we just have Boulder. It's like Boulder out here. It's like, you really come on. Like, if you don't get that right, it's. You're struggling. They kick you out right. of Whole Foods. Well, we are. <laughs> you get kicked out of Whole Foods. <laughs> we are going to talk about triathlon today. It's going to happen. After the break, we'll cover all the big announcements this week. And then Kristen is actually joining us to talk about a number of articles she's written on the cycling industry. Here at Feisty, we believe that endurance sports and triathlon should be for everyone. But we know that figuring it out can be a little tricky sometimes. That's why we're teaming up with Motive, the customizable training app for running, triathlons, cycling, duathlons. You make it work for you. These aren't just cut and paste template training programs. They're built by experts and then created for you for your race schedule abilities and your time available. And it's one of the only training apps where you could have a training plan designed to get you ready for multiple races at the same time. That'll help keep you from overdoing it and get to the start line ready to go. Yes, we're looking at you, triathletes. Now, anyone can use the app for free for as long as you want, or you can get all the upgraded features for $19.99 a month. Or, as a Feisty fan, right now, you can get two months of full premium access for free to get your training started. Get two months of premium access on the Motive app with the code FEISTY at mymotive.com. That's my, M-Y, motive, M-O-T-T-I-V, Com and use the code FEISTY to get started. 
Physical and mental fatigue is often the biggest barrier to success in any activity involving strength, endurance, and mental focus. Achieving your body's peak muscle response is crucial for maximum athletic performance. I know just how important it is for optimal health and performance. I've been on the lookout then for something that could help boost athletic performance during my workouts and something to improve my focus and concentration throughout the day. Further, something that tastes great and is easy to incorporate into my daily routine. Which is why I'm so happy that I found the AminoCo. They offer a 100% science-backed essential amino acid formula called Perform. It helps build your endurance and prepares you for harder workouts. Perform has been scientifically proven to improve muscle performance, reduce fatigue and recovery times, and increase the benefits from workouts. It's keto-friendly, soy-free, vegan, gluten-free, without any nasty non-GMOs. They also offer all-natural flavors, but my favorite is the blue raspberry. Perform is formulated to minimize muscle breakdown during exercise and maximize muscle growth after exercise. You can check out the science behind it by visiting aminoco.com backslash riding like if we were writing. All right, usually we have Jocelyn pick which hot topic we should start with. So I guess we'll go Khadija, what hot topic should we start with this week? Let's start with the PTO. The PTO announcement. And why they call it T100. Right. So apparently, um, and this is true, like, but when you search PTO, it was causing them problems in America because PTO stands for like paid time off. <laughs> and so like you would type it into Google and you wouldn't get PTO, which is true. Like I have a really hard time. I would happen to be every time. So they were like, well, we need to come up with a new name. Now, why T100? I have no idea. I think they should have gone like Pro Tri League or Pro Tri World Tour or you know what I mean? Like something like that would make more sense, right? I thought that T100 sounded like some kind of supplement like drink your t100 that's what that's the vibe that gave me i was like now they got challenge pto this t100 this is too much that's what i thought <laughs> yeah it i thought it sounded more like an automotive like lubricant or something right <laughs> right i also think t100. like 100 i don't think it's like like i always run things by like my husband is like the target market for all these things you know what i mean like he's a casual triathlete who loves lucy like this is your target market and he was like, oh, is that what that was? I saw that go by in my Instagram. And I just thought it sounded stupid. And I was like, oh, well, there you go. That's not great. <laughs> so are the races 100 kilometers? Yeah. That's or are they? Oh, uh, OK, OK. Well, then it kind of makes it. They're going to have to change all the little logos and everything. I know. I know. It, so it, it makes sense. I can see why they did it. And after, like, if it's around 10 years from now, we're just going to have adopted it. Um, and not think too much about the name. That's, but that's very optimistic of you, Sarah. Like, I'm, I am trying to be an optimist right now because I have feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I will not disclose on the podcast. Well, I disclose my feelings. I do think, though, that they clearly hired like a marketing branding consultant. And I also think that marketing branding consultant was clearly European. And I think the same one is like trying to, and they, and at the same time, like Super League and PTO keep talking about how they like are struggling with America. And I'm like, guys, like guys, let me give you some America feedback here. <laughs> it just doesn't feel, you know what I'm saying there? Like it feels very like Euro Formula One-y, not like Corn Huss and Taylor Swift, right? Like it's not. <laughs> we need like, there's a reason why, like, I feel like, you know, it's like the rock and roll like half marathon and marathon series like america rock and roll we need like they should have named it something like you know the barbecue 100 or something and or you know something like really american then all the vegans will be mad right yeah you could you could barbecue tofu i would assume yeah a friend of mine does it all the time of course the market they're trying to get that may be exactly what they were looking for because if you look at where the races are they're not they're not trying to specifically target Americans. I mean, they do have that one race in Las Vegas. They have three US races. They have three US races? They have Miami, Vegas, and California, which they're not saying what it is, but I oh, made it clear okay. I so think it's Alcatraz because I live out here and that is the heavy rumor out here. Um What are the other races? All right. So they announced the whole race series. And it starts in Miami at Clash Miami in like five weeks. And okay. then it goes, and I'm gonna do this off the top of my head, it goes Singapore uh london uh-huh. uh cal no, sorry singapore california london um ibiza vegas 
Dubai and then an undisclosed Middle East location that has paid a lot of money for them to fly out and announce it at the location in three weeks. That's not what they that is the but that is the between the lines. Well, it's analysis. probably behind because they're crazy about triathlon over there. Yeah, there's a, um like apparently the Dubai one is going to be part of this big like Dubai 30 day festival or something. And they mm -hmm. pay so like obviously these places are both either paying money or accommodating um, the PTO. Well, I I wouldn't be surprised if one of the major financial backers has ties. Um, sure. Yeah, that's generally how these things go. Like of of the PTO, not just the T one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh. And they kept saying uh, California. And I was like, so one of their their main backer lives in San Francisco. And I was like, oh, we're just going to like ride our bikes in front of his house. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. We're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yay, see, this is what your money bought. So half the half the races are in the U.S. then. So Yeah, I think, I mean, honestly, like kudos to them. Like I honestly did not think they were actually ever going to pull this off. Um mm -hmm. So they at least have pulled it off for a year. They said on the press call, which they did this big flashy announcement in London. Um, they said they have four, three to five year contracts with every city. So like, this is the only time that they're going to have to like wrangle everyone. Um, we'll see. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah it's, it's cool to like see this come to fruition. I remember like, gosh, like five or six years ago when this was all kind of this vague idea like out in the ether like the, mm -hmm. the pto the pro traffic organization like um so it is cool to see it like now have this g100 world tour um just because i feel like for such a long time it was kind of like okay is this gonna happen is this not kind of like the collins cup it was like i think so the collins long, cup just... is gone for good like i don't think no that... i think it's gone <laughs> but like when it when it actually happened though i feel like it had been talked about for like right. five years before even the initial version happened so it's cool it's cool to see the pto um getting this off the ground they did um so they also released the list of athletes and like um they did get some big names, right? Like it, they did. Like, and that's um, what's interesting now is so Lucy said she won't be doing Nice. Taylor Nib has said she won't be doing Nice. Um, we haven't heard from like Daniela or Anne or Chelsea, uh, but that's gonna be like a it's gonna be you know it's gonna be a it's gonna be a, like a challenge this year with everyone deciding like which things to do and which things not to do. I thought Daniela said she was. I thought she said she was gonna do Nice or like qualify and then she was probably gonna retire after this year i thought i thought she was like pretty sure in for nice but i don't know i don't think danielle is ever retired that's what i would say <laughs> what about jan he made that post today that was right. like oh man t100 looks pretty good it's like encore encore <laughs> i jan can ride off into the sunset it's his time yeah <laughs> what were you about to say sarah oh uh, so I think what you're asking is, will people just focus on this T100 and not try to also do Ironman Olympics? Is there going to be picking? I don't know. I see a lot yeah. of names on the list where you're like, they're definitely doing both. There's some who are doing both. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I think the question is, like, if this is around five years from now, how specialized people will be. And I think that's where we're going to see, like, you can't do both and expect to do well. But I think, and I was actually surprised to see somebody like Flora Duffy. Uh, I was too. Because my impression would have been she is going to Paris to try to win another gold medal. That was absolutely what I thought too. Yeah. yeah so I feel like anybody who's like, listen, I I want to win gold at Paris. They're they're not they're not looking at the series. And trying to do the whole thing, they're going to. In be all fairness, Sarah, there. they did give yeah. exemptions to people who qualified for the Olympics. They said if you're in the Olympics, you only have to do half the races. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, so well, I don't think I don't okay. think Flora right. is going to show up until after. Yeah. All right. Because I'm that looking at there's Taylor Spivey's on here. Yeah, as well. Spivey. They gave a wild card to too. Now Christian turned down a contract because yes. he said, "I'm all in. I have to like I can't even train for long course because he's he has said like it." slows him down means like he gets too dull like you know so that that didn't surprise me at all right because like for sure he knows what it takes and yeah that was a very strategic move on his part uh yeah i i just think right now athletes are like hey 
cash grab. I'm going to do as much racing as I possibly can do this year. And maybe like I have to sandbag some of the T100 races and maybe that's going to cost me a contract potentially next year for the series. But also like you're getting a lot of the points, the ones that you do show up for. So like it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I will say that's one of my like, oh, like, I don't, you know, whatever. The PTO says that I hate too much on them and stuff. But, like, I would say that's my actual, like, real concern is that, like, if they continue to offer contracts based on the highest ranked people at the end of the year, but their races offer the most points, and so then the highest ranked people are always going to be the people that are in that closed loop system, how do you crack into the closed And they're like, oh, well, we'll have wild cards and we'll have, like, other, like, the people will get it. Because when people can't race, they will fill the field with wild cards. And they're like, oh, well, that's how you'll earn a contract. That but to me, that seems like, a little bit doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, well, and that's that's where I feel like some some athletes are going to be playing both, you know, both sides. Where you're, they're like, "Hey, listen, I don't have to be great in the the T one hundred races to be guaranteed a contract for next year. I just have to be pretty good." But like, my real focus is Ironman or the Olympics. I thought it was interesting that that uh, Lucy Charles just. She said, no, I'm not doing any Ironmans this year. Or maybe she's trying to recover from all the Ironmans. I mean, she definitely, I like, I think she tore her calf at Kona. Yeah. I think Kona was a long time. You know what I mean? Like, that had been hanging out there for her for a long time, and she achieved yeah. it. So, and and I will say, like, they had Lucy and they had Alistair Brownlee at their launch in London. It is a London-based company. It is a European company that has a very European focus. Yeah. Like, I think for them, they're getting... Like, I don't know. I have no idea. I've not seen their contract, but I would guess that they are getting paid well, right? Yeah, because like that's going to be a big deal, deal for, for their, for triathlon in their country, period. Right. Just because their athletes are going to see them doing that and that's what they're going to want to do. So. so that's what I mean when I say like, it feels like it has a very European, not American focus, yeah. you know, it's like, it's very European. <laughs> so, but there was other big news this week. The other big, I spent all of the fir first half of the week on press calls. Um, and so Monday morning was meet the new Ironman CEO. And Kristen was on that call. So I was actually on the call and I could, or I was on my phone and I couldn't see who else was on it, Kristen. So I texted a friend and he was like, oh, it's all the usual suspects. All the usual like triathlon people are on this call. I'm, I'm thrilled to be a usual suspect at this point. <laughs> usual suspect. So what did you think of the new Ironman season? Yeah, I, you know, I think triathletes in general are a hard group to satisfy, right? Like, I don't think we need to belabor that point. So I feel, I feel like um, if they had promoted from within, like, like Ironman would have caught flack for being like, oh, classic Ironman, like not outsourcing for new ideas. But then they go and they pick someone who I think, at least on paper, is a pretty good choice. And people are like, wow, I can't believe they didn't pick someone from the triathlon industry. And so I just, I feel like it was kind of a no-win situation from the general, like, chatter that I hear amongst age group triathletes. Um, yeah, I thought, you know, we all sound great on day one is, like, kind of my overall take. Yeah. Sarah's raising her hand. Okay. Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> for, the, for those of us who live under a rock, can you give You want to know more? Voice? I don't even know. I don't even know this, the new CEO's name. Like, All I right, know his name nothing. is Scott Derue, which I had like took me forever to figure out how to spell. And um, and he is a. I'm trying to think. I always say this. He is like an exec. Uh, like um, uh, what's the word? Corporate he's president. Business. Yeah, he but he was corporate business shit. And then he was at University of Michigan for like 15 years. Ran their business school. Taught like courses on like leadership and business and whatever um ran their business school for like that's kind of his like and then he was on the board of equinox took over as president for like two years during the pandemic to like turn it around which i think is part of what's appealing to iron man because yeah. i i don't think i think to your point about like age group like the general audience not appreciate i don't think people appreciate how much iron man like is actually underwater right now like if you from a financial standpoint like it's actually amazing they didn't go out of business in the last three years um so that's his, and then and then from a sports perspective, Sarah, he is like an ultra runner and a mountaineer. Like he's done all the like mountaineering, like Everest and Kilimanjaro and six of the seven summits. Um, but he's never done triathlon before. What? I'm just kidding. 
So he said he's going to like hire, he's like, you know, going to start on that journey, hire a coach and whatever, which is like, fine, whatever. Sure. Like experience, like get the full, you know, couch to Ironman experience. That's your audience. Like, yeah, I said, I said, we need, we need the, the, uh, Ironman to Mount Everest comparison, which is harder. Um, which obviously if he doesn't say Ironman, people would be furious. Um, but yeah, I thought, honestly, I, I, I appreciated that the two areas that he kept coming back to again, it's day one, right? Like, what are, what are you really going to say? But he seems very focused on the athlete experience um, and listening to athletes again. Like I, I, I have healthy skepticism about what does that really look like? Right. Like, are you actually going to dive into those semi-meaningless surveys we fill out after every race as age groupers, or are you actually going to reach out to, you know, historically underrepresented groups in triathlon. Like I, I want to, I want to believe that he's really going to do the things he says, but again, it's like on day one, it's so easy to be like, yes, and I'm going to listen to everyone and like improve the athlete experience. I think it'll be a mix of holding him to that, but also just knowing that like Rome wasn't built in a day as a CEO. And um, we in turn have to be a little bit patient to, to really see what will unfold under his era. What I heard a lot between the lines was like Iron Man needs to get Iron Man is a race directing company. They are first and foremost like an events company. And like a lot of this other stuff that's been kind of happening and like the like and that's happened in the pandemic is almost a distraction from like they need to get back to putting on really good events. Right. And if they put like that's what they do better than almost yeah. like anybody. Like I remember my first one and I'm like you know, and you're like crying at the finish line yeah. and you're crying at the video and you're crying yeah. at the other video, right? Like that's what they do yeah. really, really well. And that's why people get tattoos of them. And so if they do that, right? Like that's what I heard was like, if they just get like, really get that right again, then like all this other distraction, like won't matter if that makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, when I asked, uh, or no, I didn't ask Andrew's question. Someone else asked Andrew, like what they, what, um, Andrew felt Scott's biggest challenge might be um and Andrew more or less kind of said like retention um because people you know people are moving to gravel they're moving to trail and while Ironman owns some of those races too um yeah Kelly I I, I, more or less what I'm saying is I agree with with that (laughs) I think she's saying Kelly is right and amazing Um, and should be Ironman CEO (laughs) thank you for words out of my mouth Kelly thank you um I think they don't listen. People don't want that, that one day experience anymore. I can't, I can't say it enough. Do you think they want like the festival? Yes. Mm, Yeah. They they, Um, they just, they are not listening. Okay. Going back to this new CEO. Mm -hmm. We were able to get Andrew Messick on a live feisty panel. And we're able to like, poke gentle jokes at him and he mm-hmm. took it without you know with some good humor um will we be able to do that with this new oh program? i've asked yeah i've asked if they would like to you know come and, and, just, and well i haven't heard back yet he's it, he's on day three so did, did you I get think the so. sense i poked fun at him okay there were a lot of fun. jokes there were jokes there, but in all yeah. fairness sarah these media calls are like mostly people from the media like wanting to talk about themselves in the guise of a question <laughs> Like yeah. that's what happens. Yeah. Right. So Kelly, you didn't say, um, I have a lot of experience in triathlon media. And one of the most important things I did was have a shoot the shit conversation with Andrew Messick for Lid Feisty. You so- should come on our wildly popular number one <laughs> women's triathlon podcast. Big everywhere except for France. Everywhere except for, well, yeah, that's true. I think that like one thing I can appreciate about his background and yeah, also Sarah, I do think that we can like poke fun at him and he'll laugh. I I got that sense. Um, uh, Equinox being a luxury brand. Like I think that there's kind of, there's a unique parallel there with Iron Man. I I don't want Iron Man to be this elitist luxury brand. Like I, if anything, I want the barrier to entry to be like lower but I think from Iron Man's perspective, here's a CEO who has experience cre- creating luxury experiences with hospitality or almost event-like spaces. Like if you've ever been to an Equinox gym, which actually I have not, but I've just you seen the not? pictures okay, there. This is like, my mom was like, e- what's Equinox? 
I was like, you don't know what Equinox is. Yeah. Oh, man. I didn't work for the credit bureau, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, no, it's Knox, not facts. Okay. <laughs> but, like, I, th- I think that he'll, he knows how to create, create a memorable experience that, like, keeps people coming back. So that was my hot take is that he's actually not such a far-fetched pick. No, I actually thought it made sense. And I'm like, just glad it's not like a, whatever, like it doesn't seem like they're going to like gut the company and take it for assets, which was one of my concerns. Um, Maybe we should have gotten the head of Equifax, Khadija. Maybe that would have made more sense. Yeah, I was just like, yo, yo, they hired somebody from the credit bureau. <laughs> You're like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Sure. I mean, it might've helped their financials. Maybe like Kelly said, maybe they should have done that. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, on it, like, yeah, there's a general thing where like, I don't think people realize like how much some of these big companies are like like equinox like gyms and usat and ironman like they had no incoming cash for like a year and a half two years and they still had payroll right like that's not like that's not great so anyway i think because i feel like a lot of people are like why are we still talking about this pandemic? shouldn't it all be better now and you're like no no absolutely not i'll, I'll be curious to see if um if scott goes to oceanside just as kind of like an appearance thing like first north american race i feel like that would if he really wants to listen to athletes that would be a a good place to start you know post up at the um expo or something we'll we'll meet the ceo tell him your grievances type of situation a festivist a festivist situation if you will um (laughs) if he really wants to know what's going on he's gonna show up and try to figure out a way that nobody knows who he is that's what he can see what the real down low is that's what um messick used to do yeah, that's the problem with CEOs. They're trying to look like CEOs too much. You have to understand the people before you can understand what the people need. Uh, for all that I like, back when like uh, and when Andrew, back when Andrew Messick used to call Sarah number one his like mortal enemy. Like so, back in the day, he would show up at races just like uh, like and just you know like just do them, just like do the race under like not undercover, but you know what I mean, like low key, like walk around, yeah, and chat um, to people and get yeah, a feel for what was going yeah. on, yeah, for sure. So. Yeah. That's what people do. Run into somebody like me who didn't know who he was. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, my, my mom wanted to share some thoughts one time. I was like, mom, mom, mom. <laughs> I remember Andrew Messick doing 70.3 Hawaii in 2021, which I also did. And he was, uh, I had finished and he was like in the last 5K or something. And I was like, who is that guy just covered in sunscreen? Like, covered and then when he crossed the finish line they were like you know an andrew messick and i was like oh man andrew messick now that's a dose of humility you are you are the guy really, just, there you go. just covered in sunscreen right now so i you know I, I can appreciate it though i can appreciate it yeah i i have to say you know andrew messick kudos to you for doing doing the best you could in a really tough job with a lot of people giving you a hard time including us sometimes um <laughs> i know i have uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like he wasn't perfect in his role, but I genuinely think he cared about the sport and did the best he could. Uh, yeah, I was like uh, super. I think he's like a super fan of sport. Uh, one time he like explained drafting to me and old Sarah using phones to like demonstrate. And I just don't imagine this new CEO doing that yet. I don't think he knows what tra- drafting is. So. <laughs> um, all right, we're gonna take a quick break. And then when we come back, Chris is going to talk to us about the cycling industry. All right, Kristen, so I wanted to talk, we wanted you to come on because you wrote these two articles about so many, like so many women leaving the cycling industry. It's like, what is it like 71% or something are considering leaving? And that sounds like crazy to me. And I'm curious if it's the same in triathlon. And I'm like, want to know what you, what you found? Like, what did you learn? Yeah, totally. So um, yeah, the 71% number comes from um, a survey by the Bicycle Association, which is um, a UK based organization um, that they did, I believe, in uh, early either early 2023 or late 2022. And basically, they found that um, 71% of the 1100 ish respondents um, that they surveyed who are women um, said that they are considering leaving the industry due to like limited upward mobility for pay and benefits, um, gender-based harassment, um, you know, you, you name it, all the reasons you would want to leave a job, poor management. Um, so I wrote two articles for Cycling Weekly. One was interviewing three 
uh, female leaders in cycling. So Kay Barano of Zwift, um, Cassandra Spring at Live, and Sasha Castling at um, Ribble Cycles. Um, and then I wrote one article uh, about a woman, a female leader who had just left the cycling industry after 10 years. She had kind of had enough. Um, and that was Holly Weatherstone. She used to work at Muck Off, which is like the bike servicing um, company. They make all the, the hot pink stuff. Um, and, you know, I, I think the general gist is actually all four women, even Holly, who um, had decided to go in a totally different direction. She's now in like the fashion and beauty industry. They all said that if if you are passionate about cycling as a female and you want to get into the industry, it's a actually a really good time to because things are shifting and changing and they, they do all authentically believe like better times are on the horizon. But I think having myself as a journalist in the industry, but also having worked for some smaller like startup brands and endurance sports and cycling in the past, I think that comes in my opinion, with a major asterisk of like, but you kind of have to be willing to do the grunt work as a female in the industry right now to like, make those changes sticks. Like, yes, it's a good time to join the industry. um, Because things things are changing. But who's really driving that change, right? It's it's women who are their only choices to drive that change. Um, And it's exhausting. It's like, I mean, yeah, like, that's what I always feel when, because like obviously media like has a similar and like I thought, and I always just I end up feeling like I don't want to deal with that. I want to just like why did why should we have like I want to just do my own thing. Yeah, I always tell people just want to race like everybody else. Right. Good grief. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean Kelly, even on the on the press call on Monday with Iron Man, I was I was again ninety nine percent sure that was your your phone number, and I was like, wow, Kelly and I are the only right. two female journalists in that call, which is like pretty standard and like on the one hand it's fine like nobody's like i was asking nobody's mean it's not mostly nobody's mean right but like on the other hand right it gets exhausting and so i'm curious like i mean khadijah you're also in an industry that's like pretty low on women like are these are not unique to cycling or endurance sports those are just like yeah i'm 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 an engineer i work for the power company um even like in my my graduate program I was the only um, woman. I was the the only Muslim. I was the only, there was other, there was another um, black person. They were from Nigeria. So it's, I mean, it's in this, in areas of science and technology. And when I worked for, I used to work for Delta Airlines. Mm. I mean, I was, <laughs> it was all guys. I had, you know, so um, I was used to that. Even in my studies, uh, when I did my undergraduate, I went to North Carolina A&T. Um, all my friends, they're like, oh, we want to hang out with you because the engineering school is like 80% guys. And look, I'm studying with you. <laughs> so, but yeah, but it it does. It gets, it gets exhausting. And then even just being uh, a Muslim in, in triathlon, it's exhausting. You know, every, every race, everybody asks you the same questions. Are you hot? Are you this? Are you that? And then it's, yeah, I get it. And as a woman, you're always, you can't just be good. You have to be better all the mm-hmm. time. And it's, mm-hmm. it gets exhausting with everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I just I, can't like, and kudos to you for sticking it out because I feel like I would not. I actually I know often that when I I would I just I just don't stick it out which like I don't know right like I don't know if that's bad like I don't know if I should stick right like I don't know you know does that make sense like I don't know if you should stick it out or if you shouldn't right like I guess it depends on the individual person yeah yeah I mean I don't like I don't want to speak for anyone else I I think again it's like what are your old like if your ultimate goal is like you feel passionate especially in cycling like you feel passionate about changing the industry like I like I look at like Kate Verano at Zwift she was a huge driver behind getting Tour de France Femmes of X Swift mm-hmm. off the ground. Like I, I know from my conversation with Kate, like Kate wants to leave the industry very different than how she found it. And like I don't, I don't, and that's not saying other women like don't, but I just mean you know if if that's not like central to your mission, I totally get why you would be just like exhausted and say this isn't for me. But I think again, just like in any industry, there will always be those people who are like, yeah, I want to fundamentally changed this at its core um and you know I, I think Kate's one of the people I think Cassandra Spring is the same way um they're doing a lot at live to like improve um inclusion in cycling and diversity in cycling and um but they both said like 
it's tiring. <laughs> it's, it's hard work. Um, and I think one thing that I heard from all three of the women in the um, uh, why we're staying piece, um, and then even in the uh, Holly Weatherstone's piece about why she's leaving was um, they're really tired of seeing the same leadership like recycled from within the industry. So like you, for example, like you look at, and again, I'll actually give credit to Iron Man for, for not doing this, but you look at small br- smaller brands, like um, I forget which brand it was recently, they just, but like they, move around. Yeah. Yeah. They announced the new CEO or CEO or CFO. And it was like formerly CFO of, you know, neighboring brand. And it's yeah, yeah. It's small. It's a small world. It's a small. That's, it's like, I mean, I that's even... corporate America though. Yeah. I mean, you see that if you look in, the airline industry, the energy industry, all the, it's, it's the same thing. It's the same faces going around. The, the thing is, especially in sports, if pursue your passion, pick your poison, but pursue your passion if that's what it is. It's a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it's a little bit different from just like a regular job. I think there's, there's, there's so much heart and desire mm-hmm. to create a legacy when it comes to to sports and it's a little bit it's a little bit different do you think do you think if there is more upward mobility within these companies rather than you know taking the ceo or you know the c-level people like moving them from company to company that we would see more representation or is it just going to be the same thing where like white men are always going to be in charge whether it's recycling from one company to another that's uh, what it feels like. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what the mechanism is. It's just here's like what I like. I've had this. So like moving aside from sports, right? Like media is like what I knew super well, and like, um, and you saw a lot of this happening over the last three years because media had kind of this like reckoning where they were like, oh shit, we don't have like women and we don't have people of color in positions of power, and then they like promoted at rates that people like weren't prepared for, and then people were in positions where they felt like really really stressed out, right? Like I represent all women, I can't fuck up. And you also like care deeply and want to do it right. And you also like want to help everyone else behind you. And you also write like all these things. And it's ex- and you're like, and finally you're like, I can't like, want, like I can't do this, right? And so you saw, so then you saw huge waves of people quit and leave the, and then you're like, well, this was not sustainable. So like, clearly you need to build permanent sustainable pathways. And then when I was talking to a friend about this, cause we were both like this, like, I just, I'm exhausted. Like we're like this, I'm so tired. And your choice is either like, if, if you're like, I can't, like, I don't, I like, I for one struggle to work within a system that I think is flawed, right? Then your only other choice is to build something from scratch, which is like, obviously a uh, old Sarah. That's why like, I ended up going and working with old Sarah. Cause you're like, well, we're just going to do it our own fucking way. And we're going to do it from scratch. But then it's like, you have to build something completely new. And that's really, really hard, right? Like, but there's no mentoring involved. That's the problem. They, 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 simply said, okay, we're going to take the best and the brightest. We're going to put them in this position. A lot of times these white men, they get to these positions because they have an uncle, a father that's from the time they've groomed them from the time they were whatever age. So that's why it's so important to build networks where we're mentoring each other and stepping on each other's backs and some of some people they have too much ego they're not they're not willing to say okay this is as high as i can go but there's a young girl out there who's got twice as much talent as i do i'm gonna let her step on my shoulders and those and i I say this all the time and i know people get sick of me saying saying it solidarity is an action word it's got Mm -hmm. to be an action word it's not a thing Mm I love that. Yeah. And to build, to build off your point, Khadija, with uh, mentorship, one, uh, I have no affiliation with this. So it's like, I'm not trying to promote anything I'm, I'm part of, but um, uh, something that, that was brought up a lot by the the women I interviewed was the Uplift Mentorship Program, mm-hmm. um, which is exactly, it's, it's female leaders. Um, I forget what the stipulation is to like be a leader, if it's like a decade of experience or what, but it's female leaders in cycling um, who sign up to be part of this mentorship program and they mentor other young women in cycling um, for a full year that just got started this year. So, um, nice. you know, when that, uh, or this year, meaning, gosh, I'm still thinking it's 2023, that just got started in 2023. So, um, yet to like hear any feedback from participants in it, but I think that's really one of the first, first mentorship programs of its kind, um, for women in cycling. But I agree with you. It's like, how many times do we hear in, in any industry, 
um, about, you know, and so-and-so's dad was actually the CEO and, yeah. uh, you know, now his son is assuming the role. And one, one point I do want to make that I think, um, I think something to know though too, is yeah. like, that's not necessarily like they're bad, bad people. Like I, I like no, my no, husband no, works no. in politics. Right. And I have this conversation yeah. and like, he works in like democratic politics. And so they're always try- like, they're always trying to hire underrepresented people your circles are who you know, right? Like your circles look like you almost always, right? Like that's how people operate. And so you have to really make an, it's not like, it's not like you're doing something wrong. It's like, but then you have to really make an effort to go out and find other people because you're not going to know the people outside your circle, right? Like, does that make sense? Like, and so that's just, that's true of everyone. It's just like the people who are in charge, their circles also look like them. And then they hire those people, right? Like that's, yeah. So it's just, it's like, I, I think it's like important to remember, like, I think sometimes people feel very attacked and it's like, this isn't necessarily like attacking. It's just like, you have to make an effort to exactly. change. If you're cognizant, yeah. you've yeah. got to make an effort. If you're cognizant and you purposely don't, that's when there's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, one other point I just wanted to to bring up from, from the articles that I wrote was, um, I think it was Wasserman released some really interesting stats, um, the the sports media group um, back in like fall of 2023, basically about what a good investment it is to invest in female athletes. So this steps away a little bit from like women in leadership and talks more about- Sarah, nobody can see you doing a dance. It's a <laughs> 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 um, uh, Yeah, pausing for a second, uh, acknowledging Sarah's like Jersey Shore fist <laughs> pumping, something like that. Um, and I-, I think I have some of the stats up here but it was like hang on uh it was like 54 percent there's like a 54 percent here we go uh let me just read this uh women athletes drive twice the engagement on social media they drive fans to be 54 percent more aware of women athletes sponsors than men athletes um and fans of women athletes are 45 percent more willing to consider a purchase from sponsor brands so I think the overall point is it's still seen for whatever reason as like a risk to invest in women like whether that's investing in them from a leadership like climb the corporate ladder perspective or from like a sponsorship athlete perspective and I think that is such a archaic way of thinking but for whatever reason it's still seen as this like this novel thing to do to like invest in women and it's like no I mean we literally have years of data on it at this point that it's a really smart business choice internally like to promote internally um and elevate women that way and also to just invest in like Mm -hmm. female athletes but it's wild to me the way it's still seen as this like and we're sponsoring women it's like yeah you effing should be it's really good for your business and it's good for women it's like to me it's kind of like we almost need to move past that narrative in the sense of like yeah, normalize it. You, you should be, you should be investing in women. It's, there's really no question about why you should, but we have to, but you have to like, we have to give them a, what's the word right now? Like you have to give them the gold star right now. So they keep doing it. Okay. Oh yeah. Gold stars for everybody for right now. Yeah. And if you, and if you invest in women 10 times, you get a free ice cream. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is that how you guys parent? This is my understanding of parenting, right? Like, oh, the babysitters. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's my husband. He's not a babysitter. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so um, I do hope we're at a change. Uh, what's old Sarah? We always called it an inflection point. We're at an inflection point. Um, yeah. I, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I, I, I think we will too. And, um, you know, I, I think one of the the biggest events to point to, at least in the cycling world, is is the Tour de France fans. Um, that garnered something like two hundred and thirty two million views last summer. Um, which I believe is, is still less than the, the men's Tour de France, but like, it's not Sarah, Sarah, we need to narrate Sarah once again. She's snapping. I know. Can she, I just say that like, she's like, Sarah this. has been doing this podcast for like three years and it seems like she sometimes forgets it is audio. <laughs> <laughs> she's turned into we a don't beatnik forget. now. She's snapping. Yeah, well, this is, this is for the three of you. That's <laughs> for the vibes. Yeah. I'm not going to like start like hooting and hollering over here because maybe you should Sarah (laughs) 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 but um yeah I just you know I again it's like it should it's it should surprise no one that like women's sports stadiums are selling out or that when women take the helm again like pointing uh again to to Kate via Zwift it's like, yeah, we should have women like leading these initiatives because they they know intimately this experience. So it's again, it's 
it's great to like recognize it and celebrate it. But I also hope we get to a point where it's kind of just a no brainer. Um, and I think we're still a bit far from that. Um, but the data is there. The stadium sellouts are there. The race sellouts are there. The views are there. ROI, all that good stuff. So um, super interesting and, and grateful to the uh, the four women who who talked to you about all their different perspectives. Um, you know, and, and real quick, last little rant here is, U.S. really needs better maternity leave policy. Um, that Dude, was one needs, thing. Like, any kind of maternity leave. My sister just had her kid, and she got um, no maternity leave. She, she got six weeks sick. of disability. No. Yeah. Well, it's like, whatever. No. So, yeah, but she could use her sick pay. That was basically. Oh, my God. Yeah, the U.S. is, I think, one of the only, like, developed nations that doesn't have an established, like, federal maternity leave. And um, although Holly, this woman, is based in the U.K., um, something she brought up is that um, in cycling in particular, in general, she was just speaking generally, the maternity leave policies are like pretty piss poor. They're just like, yeah, like have your kid and, you know, come on back like as quickly as possible. Um, and it's like, you just had a freaking kid. I mean, I don't have kids, but Sarah, Khadija, like you guys would know. I have enough a- for all of y'all. We <laughs> have enough kids. <laughs> I can give all of y'all a couple and we'll be good. good. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for <laughs> these days. <laughs> you want a grown want kid you want out. twins i can give you some um, I'll like, I like, like, i'll take like a 12 year old you know okay. i need to be like old enough to understand my jokes yeah okay? i got two of those i got okay. two of those all right um, <laughs> um like when they're really young and they don't understand sarcasm i don't do super well like just so you know Oh my God. That's amazing. Um, yeah. I, uh, my sister had a kid last year and I, I just got to to meet him and he's a baby. And I was like telling him all my jokes uh, and just pretending that he was getting them. I was like, yeah, you found that hilarious. I know it. Like, <laughs> cause he's like, he's like one year old. And I was like, that's okay. You'll get that. You'll find me hilarious in like 10 years. That's okay. Like, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I just think uh, maternity leave is a huge, huge thing too. We could spend a whole, a whole hour talking about that, but just wanted to call that out too. Yeah. Um, did you get, I mean, I was about to say, Sarah, did you get maternity leave? And then I was like, well, I mean, you don't even have a real job. No. I mean, it was also COVID era. So right, like, right, fired. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. There, there weren't that many races going on. So it was like the world was on maternity leave for me. Yeah. <laughs> that was an ideal time to have a baby. I guess. It did work out. Yeah. yeah. I feel like so many, pros, like so many pros, so many pros had babies. Yeah. All like all of my friends had babies because it was like one of those. It's like the demographic, you know what I mean? There was like a certain demographic. Okay, there was a certain demographic that had kids during COVID, and there was a certain demographic that was like, "Oh my god, this is terrible," and did not. And they're like socioeconomically the opposite ends of the spectrum. So, <laughs> um, well, speaking of women's sports, uh, we got to talk about like the biggest. So Olympic year is basically a women's sports year. I love Olympic years. We're starting Olympic trials. And the Olympic marathon trials. It's so funny because I don't actually really care about the Olympic marathon. Like, and I have my but the picks. trials. You have your picks? All this, right. So this is Sarah's go first. question. What? This is my question okay. of the week. Don't be still okay. my thunder. Sorry. Sorry. I was transitioning. Did you okay, like my Kelly, transition? Yeah. Kelly, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Well, no, I was just, uh, that was my transition. I set you up. I set you up. Okay. Now you go. <laughs> okay. Khadija's just ready to go. Which three women are going to make the U.S. marathon team for the Olympics? I think Sarah Hall, and this is based off of like their fitness now and their build up now. I think Sarah Hall, Sally Kibiego, and Molly Seidel. Mm-hmm. I think if anybody leaves any room open, I think Des Linden or Molly Huddle is going to sneak in there and take it. Interesting. Dark Horses, I, like- maybe Emily Sisson, but Jordan Hasse, yeah. she's kind of, she hasn't, she's kind of been all over the place. So I don't know. Wait, is she actually starting? I don't know. Because I heard, um, I, so so many people have been pulling out because obviously one of the big things is like, you never know who's like been hiding an injury for three months and who's like, pretend, yeah. right? you never actually know. And I think she's uh, injured. So, I, so it looks like it's actually going to be 155-ish starting mm-hmm. is what I've heard, um, which is actually like pretty small for the mm-hmm. trials. Um, okay, like, it's so like, you never know if yeah. what people are like saying publicly. Yeah. Is well, what's actually happening. But I, I think I, Emily Sisson can yeah. sneak in there. Yeah. Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah, Emily, Emily she's actually one of my picks. She's one of your picks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You two. Who what who are your picks? Kelly. Um, you all right. Well, it's like really, I mean, it's really hard, right? Because like the women are super, super deep and super and like just like seven or eight. Um, 
as a rule, one of my rules is you never bet against a defending Olympic medalist who's healthy. So uh, Molly Seidel, I think we'll get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, Emma on is on my pick just because like she's uh, been pretty on form. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was like, I can't decide between Betsy Saina, how do you say her name? And Kiara Demetto. Those are like my two where I'm like, ah, one of them, it's going to be one of them. Yep. Um, and I think like Jenny Simpson's going to end up like fourth or fifth. That's my other. Like, I think she's going to do pretty good, but mm-hmm. But it's like, a you know, it's a first marathon. You don't think Sarah Hall will be in? Sarah, like, I mean, sure. But like, she's going to be in there, right? Like all these people are going to be like, it's just going to be like, yeah. all so close in a mix right in there. Yeah. I had a whole list of people and I'm thinking like, who's healthy? Who's had good races, but not too close. That's what I was trying to think okay. of. Yeah. Yeah. My picks are super, super similar to Kelly's. Um, I think Molly Seidel, M. Sisson, um, and then my, my third pick is, is a little up in the air. It's like, I, I want to see, I like Sarah Hall. I think that she's super gritty. I think that she is like no nonsense about her training. Um, but I also, I, Betsy Saina recently came onto my radar. Mm-hmm. I think that she, she's a dark horse, but I, I think she has one of the fastest times of all the women, like going into, I think M Sisson has the. The fastest, yeah. The the fastest fastest right now, but Betsy's only like three or four minutes back, and I I think she really wants this. So um, we'll see. But it it is it's so cool because like the field is so deep, and I mean it's like how cool is it that this is such a difficult difficult choice? Um, Yeah, I think Jenny Simpson's gonna gonna go out guns a blazing. Um, I don't know that she'll be in the top three. I I could see her on like fifth or sixth. Um, But yeah, I uh, I think Molly Seidel's been like pretty like she was injured and then um but I I think she's been pretty steadily chipping away um and she's she is when she gets going man she is just speedy so we'll see all right Sarah you're gonna pick okay Betsy okay Emily Sisson if Emily if uh Emma Bates was healthy I would have said she would have been sure but she's not healthy she's been broken uh so I'm gonna go I've heard rumors that Molly Seidel might have just had surgery not that long mm. ago. Oh. So if she if she's if that's a false rumor, I'm gonna say she's gonna make the, the team. If that's a true rumor, then I'm going to say Sally Kipiego. Mm. Interesting. Nice. Interesting. I feel like there's somebody obvious we're all like not picking, right? Yeah, like, I'm sure. Like like there's gonna like here's my actual prediction. Somebody no one of none of us said is going to make the team. Yeah, that's what's actually oh, 100%. Gonna yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, 100%. They messed me up at the Ironman World Championships. I was like, oh, come on. I was almost right. <laughs> oh, with your predictions? Yeah. Because I was like, I, I thought I thought Taylor was going to get off the bike first and get mm. run down. And I thought for sure Lucy would win. Mm. I, 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 and was, I had one and two right. But number three, I was like, who is this? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, she's won a lot of Ironmans too. I don't know. Laura Phillips, yeah. Trying yeah. to keep them all straight. So, yeah. Uh, are you guys gonna watch it live? Oh, I guess it's not early for you. It's like seven a.m. for me. So, yes, yeah, so my yeah, probably watch it. So Ben, uh, my husband's coaching two athletes who are just kind of racing through it. Um, I think they're both doing Boston. So I think like it's gonna be on in the household, and we're gonna be watching for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I'll. Uh... I think- I'll be watching. Do we even care who's going to make the men's team? Commentary. Or are we even going to talk about this? Uh, we, you know, this is uh, a, no, no. we're celebrating women's sports today. All right, they get right. plenty of air. Right, but <laughs> do you want to share your three picks? <laughs> celebrating women's sports. No, I'm good. No, okay. I only have, you only need two picks because it's not going to be three. That's for sure. Oh, that's it's only going to be two. Good point. <laughs> going to be two. Yeah. And, yeah. Kelly, I'm guessing you're going to the Wazel I am going. It's my last uh, plug for our watch party. If you're in Seattle. We're hosting a watch party with Wazel at Rough and Tumble Bar. And I think we have like 75 people coming so far. So are you going to go live? We're going to like, well, it's a lot. It's a watch live watch party with like prizes and trivia and raffles. And a, yeah, it's going to be fun. So. A bar at 7 a.m. Why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, thank you everybody for a wonderful, if we were writing, hopefully we get the hot goss next week from jocelyn when she's back Kristen, it, it has been wonderful to have you on please come and write anytime and we look forward to seeing you out there doing your many iron man branded events this year thank you i'll see you all at uh at, at 
Lake Placid, you know? The one thing I'm missing is an Iron Man tattoo. Reunion <laughs> at Lake Placid. Love it. We should it. go live on We should literally, wow, if we were riding, like, that's what oh, we yeah. should do. You know, it's two loops. We could all link up. That's totally possible. There we go. All right. <laughs> Tell me to stop my town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.